all you holistic hipsters out there, it's that time. So grab your chalice of choice and sit back and sip along with us. We would love to welcome you to the Tea Podcast, where we spill the tea on all things holistic in the pet grooming industry. Let me introduce you to our hostesses with the mostesses. She is the socialite of skin and coat care, Ms. Michelle Knowles. And the queen bee of all things oily, Ms. Melissa Conti-Dieter. Brought to you by TheOilyGroomer.com Are you searching for a new and more mindful way of grooming? Interested in understanding how to grow your grooming business with a more holistic and organic approach? Please contact Melissa Conti-Diener at TheOilyGroomer.com so that you can set up a meeting and bring balance and prosperity to your life. And AllThingsPaw.com Intermediate and advanced courses in pet esthetician work, fear recovery, animal handling, and more. Get your learn on with All Things Paw. Also, classes with Melissa, online and self-guided, intuitive energy work, transitional therapy, and compassionate touchpoint therapy, and more. And the Herbal Paw Pet Apothecary, tailored for the individual pet, phone consultations, history gathering, and the home of the Herbal First Aid Kit. Now, let's get this tea party started. All right, my precious, precious. Let's see if we can get this. Let's see if we can actually get this party started. <laughs> Holy cow. Okay. All right. Someone prep Michelle. <laughs> I've got 48 million different things to do. All right. We're here. Yes, We're here. we are. It is, uh, it is a lovely December day. <laughs> It's apparently snowing in Arizona as our background yes. is. <laughs> yeah. 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 Can't build a, a, a snowman with it though. No. That's for sure. Unfortunately. No. Unfortunately. I'm, I'm happy it's not. I'm happy it's not snowing here in the Phoenix metropolitan area. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of like it warm. Yeah. Me too. Me too. So speaking of warm, what's in your cup, Michelle? <laughs> Okay, she's picking on me, and uh, we're into transparency here, okay? So before we, so when we started this, we've already been through the intro and the whole nine yards. We had to redo everything because I didn't even have my, my, my teacup. I, I, got, I had nothing. I had nothing. It's nothing. okay. The show's name is The Tea. Michelle forgot her tea this morning. Whatever. Whatever, okay? Human. <laughs> so today I have my cup. Uh life is better after tea because obviously it is because before I didn't have tea. Yes. Better. <laughs> that cup is very apropos. <laughs> now I am continuing the holiday tradition. We're doing tangerine peel clove mm. with a base of chamomile. Oh, yummy. So that's what I'm doing today. Want to see what's in my ginormous holiday? Please, I have Merry to. 
Mary Ann Bright, my my big giant cup. This is mm, a she's lovely. probably just drinking vodka. Truthfully. Yeah, I wish. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm more of a rum chata. And oh. I, <laughs> okay, pirate. <laughs> I know. Yes, Arg. <laughs> That is my that is my drink of choice to sit on a beach in the summertime with a rum <laughs> chata. So right, right, right. Um, if I was a pirate, I would be a beach pirate. So this Fair is a enough. beautiful black tea with some cardamom and turmeric and Ooh. a little cinnamon. And I even threw a little bit of uh, vanilla in there just for some. Mm. So you've got the warm and hot pack there. I Ooh. need it. I've been just fighting off this ugliness that is just a cough and lingering yuckies. So I'm hoping that this is just going to continue to help uh, be a good uh uh, fire in my belly to melt all this uh, yuckiness. You get in your my fluids body. moving. Yeah, I get have going. Yeah, that sounds great. Yeah, it's just everybody at work has had it and they have passed it around. I work with so many beautiful, wonderful, young, germy people. <laughs> it's true. And nowadays, just everybody's so germ conscientious. And uh, I think we have to probably pull back just a little bit uh, because we're going to do what antibiotics are doing. We overuse yeah. them. It's not supposed to be germ free. You're supposed no. to be able to stimulate and challenge your immune system. Yeah. However, cleanliness and good hygiene do count. Yes, absolutely. Wash overdoing anything. Wash your hands. Yes. For more than 20 seconds. Yes. Yeah. I had a colleague who used to uh, laugh at me because I washed my hands for so long every single time. Like I really, I do, but we used to work in a veterinary environment and there's all kind of nasties running around there as well. Uh, And one day she got to call in because she had pink eye and I was like, oh, oh. Who washes their hands too long now? So (laughs) run along with that. (laughs) Yeah. Make sure you're washing your hands. Everybody's washing everything. And And wipe off your surfaces, your contact surfaces. It's not just a matter of washing your hands because everything around you is coated in in ick. Uh, So just wipe down the things. Wipe down your doorknobs. uh, Things that people touch. The remote. Wipe down your remote. (laughs) I have a spray bottle in the salon in the classroom that I make up with uh, some uh, just regular rubbing alcohol and Mm -hmm. uh, a smattering of lovely antifungal, antiviral essential oils that is aptly named smell good stuff. I like it. <laughs> and I like it. Spray that around the room when I when I um before my students even get there, as soon as I get there in the morning, and then I turn the fan on so that it can blow all that around and just kind of cleanse the air. Yeah. So tis the season. We are in the season for uh for us to share love and goodwill and germs. So mm-hmm. Take care of yourself. Yeah. Thank goodness. I don't have little children uh, or even little grandchildren and they don't really live in the same state as me because the children, they go to school, they run around, they touch everything. They don't wash their hands very well. 
just because they're not <laughs> in the habit of doing it. And man, they can just bring home all kinds of precious things. Yes. So. Well, and now there's the, the, um, uh, it's almost like RSV for the dogs that we're seeing mm -hmm. this going around as well. So same thing, you know, keep your surfaces clean, wipe your pets off. If you've taken them out to the store with you or mm -hmm. out places, wipe feet, yeah. yeah, wipe their feet and little faces and keep mm -hmm. them clean as well. Keep their, keep their bedding clean as well. Yeah. Because yeah. uh, they do get, get the yuckies just as, as much as we do. Absolutely. So yeah. We want to try and keep their immune systems up. So Noni is here to keep my spirits up today. <laughs> she looks like she needed a hug. Yeah, she <laughs> she's so, a needful creature, but that's okay. <laughs> so am I. <laughs> so what do you think our uh, topic is today? Uh, show us, Michelle. Dazzle us with your technology. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> We've got it. Yeah, dogs in white dresses and cats with string are favorite things. Yes. Um, we didn't have the uh, music because we didn't want to be copyright flagged so yeah. we didn't want this whole thing you have our favorite things and that's it that's, all uh, that's i will <laughs> attempt because i will small children and and even large animals will cry and run <laughs> if i sing so yeah <laughs> please stop that's how i beckon the uh, underworld is yep, yep. when i when i sing so yeah yep. you bellowed do. Yes, <laughs> we won't do that right now. <laughs> so tell me some of your favorite things, Miss Melissa. Well, I thought it would be a good thing for us to talk about today because I know I have a few things that are staples at my grooming station, um, staples just in my life in general that and I think almost everybody has certain things that they gravitate towards. Mm -hmm. Um, so for me, one, my number one, uh, favorite thing, grooming tool is, uh, my wall bravora, which mm -hmm. I am, it, I'm getting ready to order another because I had probably five and I have used them down to their nubby batteries, no longer that. carry a charge or so. I'm about to order another one, but because I have such uh, issues with um, repetitive motion injury, mm. um, I have a hard, really hard time, even though I love my cordless actual clipper that I have. It's a wonderful right. tool. It is heavy and bulky. And what brand uh, is that? It's an, I have an Andis Pulse and mm -hmm. it is a first it's edition. Super heavy. Yeah, I felt them. Yeah, it's, it's a, it's a, the first one they made. So it's not even as light as the ones that they have now. Mm -hmm. um, but it's lasted on top of the fact that I don't use it as often because right. I use my Bravora so much. Mm -hmm. So um, I groom a lot probably 90% with my, my Bravora, um, and my Bravora, my wall clip combs that mm -hmm. fit the Bravora. Um, and I have to say as a substitute, I purchased the Schoenbau. I think that's mm -hmm. how you say it. Mm -hmm. I purchased their little trimmer, five in one trimmer, and the blades are a lot less expensive than the wall blade. Um, 
probably half the price. Um, and it performs really well. Do you think uh, it's similar to the Brevera? I think it is actually, actually, we did a comparison myself and some of my students who have the Kenchi mm -hmm. five in one trimmer. Mm -hmm. And we looked at it, the Shermbal against the Kenchi side by side. It is almost exact replica. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, right. As well as the blades. Obviously, Shermbal is marketed as a Shermbal and Kenchi is marketed as a Kenchi. But mm -hmm. I think, and this is my own personal opinion, which means absolutely bubkiss. But uh, it means 100% accuracy for you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. And it, uh, we looked at everything, like we literally put them side by side, did you know, did a comparison of the, the mm -hmm. blades, and um, we just think that it is manufactured in the same exact way but labeled, mm. which so many companies across the board do that. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and is the charging base very similar as well? Absolutely. Everything yeah. is absolutely is interchangeable. It looks, it looks That's what mirrored. I mean. Yeah. Okay. The blades can be used interchangeably. Um, the charging cords can be used interchangeably. So I think that they are manufactured the same. Okay. Um, so, and that is also a wonderful, a wonderful tool. Um, mm. I've so seen the Kenshi one and handled it. Uh, and I think it's really beautiful. Oh, yes. Um, but I'm just all dinosaur-y and prehistoric. And my hand only fits, you know, my claw. My claw only fits certain uh, instruments now. And I think yeah. I think the older you get, too, and if you're at the tail end, uh, you like what you like. It fits yes. your hand. And that doesn't mean those are the best. That just means no. that they're the best for you. You. You right. know, you groomed over. Everyone's hand is different. Everybody's arm reach is different. Their joints bend a little differently, you know. So <laughs> it is so personal. Tools are so personal. Uh, I recommend every uh, beginner really do save up some money before you make any big purchases. Yes. Ask people what is the best one. No one can tell you what the best hand tools are for you. No one. They can make suggestions. But right. unless you go to an expo or somewhere and just start putting all those tools in your hand, you will never know how you can absolutely fit those tools to your techniques. Um, I think that's really, really important to remember. Um, otherwise, you, use, you spend precious money that you don't have yet. Uh, yeah. at the very beginning. So absolutely get your hands on as many tools as possible. Uh, I, before you I tell the students that all the time is mm -hmm. not to make huge expenditures. Mm -hmm. Some of my, my favorite shears are little four inch shears that I've purchased mm -hmm. because I work on little pocket dog size dogs. Mm -hmm. So yeah the big giant poodle shears don't serve me anymore. I don't right. do those breeds, but I tell my students all the time, do not invest in super expensive shears and tools. When you're first beginning, start out with a lower grade because your, your technique is going to be perfected over time. Mm -hmm. Wait until your technique catches up with the quality of those mm -hmm. tools. 
And at the very least, you need at least a good solid year yes. uh, to, to build up your wrist muscles and your hand muscles, hand muscles in order yeah. to hold the shear properly to know if it's even a good shear or not. Right. Uh, you know, it does take time. You know, some people have been doing it a long time, have been doing 4-H grooms, you know, in their younger years and they've come up in the show world. So they've already got those muscles. So they basically right. know. Uh, but even so, even if you go to just the best groomer that you love and they're on Groom Team USA or they win a bunch of competitions or whatever, you go, oh, I want to use the shear she uses. The reason she uses those shears or he is because they fit their hand. Right. And that's the one they choose. All the shears out there are good shears. Now, there are low-end steel. There's high-end right. steel. There's different uh, uh, ways to hold them, different shanks, and this, that, and the other. But we're so individualized that every single shear out there isn't for you, you know? Uh, and you see people who just hoard shears, which I get it. I get it. I get it. You want a 1,000 shears by the time you're dead. I get it. But do you need a 1,000? I'm just saying. I'm throwing it out there. Don't hate me. Don't come for me. I used to be like that. <laughs> I had to I just downside when I stopped grooming full to like being a full-time 100% all-in groomer, I had to go through and and I sold a lot of my large shears, my poodle shears, my mm -hmm. just things that I just was absolutely not using. Right. So it's, you know, it's a lot. Uh, another favorite thing of mine that goes back to shears is um the company Groom House mm -hmm. uh, does amazing videos and um, uh, all sorts of free lessons as well on YouTube. One of the videos I utilize um, is the one on uh, on shears, mm -hmm. where uh, my absolutely all time favorite human being slash groomer is Jonathan David, and he does a amazing job at explaining what a shear mm -hmm. even is and why all the who, what, where, whens, and whys of shears. Mm -hmm. Even mm -hmm. though he is a Kenshi representative, he is not necessarily hawking his brand. Well, he, I've heard his spiel when he is selling shears for Kenshi and he really knows his stuff. He knows yes. the He's how a, to measure the hand to the shank, yes. how, how the person fits it. So he's a very good fitter of shears. So he's one that I would absolutely uh, go to if you're at a show and just say, hey, can you show yep. me about shears? Can you help me fit one to my hand? Because yeah. he knows what to look for. He knows how you're holding your hand. Okay. Another one, if you're in Dallas, uh, Texas, Pam Lauritsen is the queen of fitting shears to hand. So she will absolutely give you some pointers as well. So yeah. another favorite thing is for me is even though I have not been able to teach myself how to use them are the evolution shears. Mm -hmm. Now I have seen them in action and mm -hmm. I have seen groomers who have had injury, you know, carpal tunnel and mm -hmm. issues. I just don't scissor that much anymore. Mm -hmm. And, but I have seen them and that, I think that if I, was able to go back to full-time grooming, I would have my hand fit for one of those. They mm -hmm. look like um, they just are amazing, but it's a whole reteaching of how to utilize that tool. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that's the swivel shanks and those are literally, you know, fitted directly for your 
actual hand. Mm -hmm. So that's another one to look into. So uh, those, for me, my favorite shear are my little tiny shears that I use. My little bitties to get into these little tiny faces and um, little squatty legs. I primarily do uh, Shih Tzus and small breeds. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm what I'm grooming all the time. Although I just got a new doodle customer. Um, her name's Riley. She's a mini Bernadoodle. So oh my she's goodness. A, God, is she adorable. So I have her and I also have a. a oh, what is he? He's a Bichon Cavalier. Mm hmm. A doodle, you know, but he's Bichon, uh, Bichon and Cavalier um, uh, Bennett, and he's also adorable. So I've had to pull out, they're a little bit bigger than the usual ones I do. So I've had to kind of pull out my reserve shears that I put aside. Right. They're still not enormous, but they're, you know, they're, they're big for me. Right. So um, I do have favorites in that category. Um, I don't do a lot of curly coats anymore. So those are my two. I, I'm, I'm trying to kind of get back to um, to that. And my coral, Chris Christensen coral brush is a game changer for those kind of coats. Right. Those long tines, mm-hmm. they work great. Um, do you have a favorite brush or a favorite comb? Um, right now, my favorite brush, oh, well, I am the queen of having a specific thing for a specific thing, I guess. <laughs> um, <laughs> I do love the Chris Christensen, uh, coral slickers. Um, I, I use only the large, even if the dog is very small because, um, the small ones, I just can't use the tines correctly. And they're little, but the tines are still full size long. So it's really hard for me to get into. Then I bought the Zolita series that, uh, not necessarily a knockoff, but a, a twin to those right. types of slickers. Um, and I like those a lot for certain coats, but like you, I don't groom a lot anymore. Um, so I also love my Bravura. I've got one at the salon and then one here at home. I've got an entire grooming station here at home for you know, filming and my one or two clients that come to my actual house. But uh, yeah, I love the honeycombs um, from um, the Coles. Uh, those are my Aronco, I guess, is their right. name they sell them under. <coughs> I like, um, let's see. I do like those Alita combs. I do have an Utsumi Half Moon that I rarely use because that was for all the Bashans that I was doing, and I don't do those anymore. Um, I have Utsumi Shears, which at the height of my hand scissoring, uh, those saved my life so many times because they're so precision and uh, they're so well made. It's totally difficult uh, to get left-handed shears uh, that fit your hand. Oh, that's because right. They, You're a lefty. I yeah, forgot you were just, a lefty. There's not enough of us 
to for the manufacturers to <clears throat> invest in the equipment needed to make a, a true lefty shear. Right. Um, so that our our we're limited. Um, but if you can get somebody that does those custom shears like Utsumi or whatever, um, usually they you can get a really nice shear. Um, however, uh, in my late life, uh, what I use now almost exclusively is my Zolita shears. Uh, it's the Mirage 3 set uh, with the blender. And I also have the Calibri, which is I do almost all feet with the little Calibri lefty. I don't know if she even has any more of those left. She might, but I don't know. There were only five. She only made five. So I don't know if she made more or not. But you may check the Zolita website. Um, yes, I, I have used Zolita. They're mm -hmm. beautiful. Yeah, those are quality shears and what they can get sharpened and they're not so expensive that if the sharpener messes them up that you're devastated. Right. Uh, you know, but but my Utsumis, you can't just send them to whatever sharpener. You have to actually send them back to Utsumi uh, in California, Utsumi America, and they have to be sharpened underwater. Um, so I I think those are my favorite. Before uh, before Talon went out of business, I guess a million years ago, I was still telling lefties to go to Talon and get shears. And somebody took me aside and said, uh, I don't think they're selling shears anymore. I'm like, oh, <laughs> I just went to the website and saw it was viable. I guess nobody took it down. Right. Uh, but they're not, they're not there. I, I guess there was a death or, or whatever. So um, I still have, and I kick myself because I did sell off my Talon shears when uh, most of them, when I got my, um, my Utsumis at one time, but I kept my big 10 inch shear and that is a shear for a lifetime. That's going to go through, if they care for them, it'll go through two more groomers lifetimes. And what I do give it, I may have to gift it to somebody special because those are a special pair of shears. They cut so smoothly. And they're huge. And you would think they'd be really heavy. They are. But the way they cut is so smooth, you can't even feel it. It's just like butter. And uh, I just love them. They're, one, they're, they're my favorite shear. And they're the only one I didn't get rid of from a million years ago. So, yeah. Um, as far as your tools, I would say probably, I don't know. I think doesn't isn't there um, a company called Fresh as well that has very low cost shears? I don't know. That's good I think fun. there are. Uh, I met them a few years ago, and I hope they're still in business. You can tell I don't buy equipment that much anymore. <laughs> but, and on top of the fact that when you invest in quality, yeah, and we're we're at our uh, we're at what, what what I would consider my end game. I'm yeah, not yeah, giving up my game. So yeah. um, we're we're taking strategic um uh moves to um choose equipment that we know is going to last us because we're not looking to change up our form and function is not going to change that much anymore we're at where we're at so um i do want to it just reminded me, let me just say this. It just reminded me of like my favorite comb, which I know you know which one this is. It's the one, the shedding comb, the Chris Christensen shedding comb, mm -hmm. which now there's lots of dupes. Does it have that it. like silicone or rubbery thing? In no, it? no, no, no. It's here? all the different shaped tines and the, the, you know, the teeth are all like different, um, uh, lengths on oh, yeah, all those different layers so, at each yes uh, oh, to go good. through and it's a great tool for dogs and cats mm -hmm. uh, a million years ago michelle and i took a course together um a hands-on course scissoring course with a very well-known 
teacher, she knows what I'm going to say. <laughs> and I was doing this beautiful little small doodly ish thing. Oh my God, I died. Pie. And <laughs> the, the educator, the teacher came over to the table again, who is very well known in the business. And she was like, Oh, this looks great. This looks good. And she's like, where's your comb? And I handed her my comb and she just gave me a ration of. Oh, it wasn't over the comb though. It was over the shear. Was it my shear? I thought, no, she told me that was a cat comb. Oh, so she picked on you twice. Yes. <laughs> the first time was for the cat comb. The second time was, was that Melissa had her long shears out. Um, and long shears give you a continuous line. Right. So they are good even sometimes for an underline, just for a snip, because they really give you that without having to make chops in it. And then you go back, I have to fix all the chops. That long, beautiful, continuous blade is going to make one beautiful chop and your eye doesn't leave that. So it stays very, very nice. Um, she lost her mind. <laughs> Melissa had her long shears on the table and she's like, no one needs shears that big. No one. And didn't she say, uh, the only person I could see having those is Sue's Becco because yep. she works out. Literally, she said that out loud with her mouth. <laughs> and guess what? Like all the punk bitches that we are inside and little girls, we all took our long shears and put them back in our bags so that when she came through, she wouldn't see ours. <laughs> and Melissa was like, okay, because Melissa gets yelled at all the time for now. Yes. <laughs> I will never forget that. That was hilarious. It's like, I was like, oh, okay. You know, I mean, that was a really full class, and I was the only person oh that got it called was out and yelled at. Like, like she, I guess she wasn't yelling at her, but she has, she talks very loudly. Uh, uh, she I talk very loudly, so I'm just like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but literally, you could collectively hear everyone in the room be like, I'll just take this. You heard the whispering of the of the scissor case go back <laughs> underneath. <laughs> <laughs> and you have to take that with a grain of salt because oh that my is God, her yes. particular opinion. Opinion, that right. doesn't mean that's the fast rule and no one can ever have long shears. I think long shears should Ugh. be in every toolbox for a certain thing. Yes. Just like a stripping knife belongs in your toolbox, but you're not using it on every dog. Right. Or, unless that's what you want to do, unless you you know, strip out a bunch of dogs. But I mean, that's a tool in your toolbox. So yes, you should have long shears. Yes, you should have a cat comb. Yes, you should have any comb that you want that does the job you are looking for. Right. Um, the only tool that I have an opinion about is probably the 40 blade on a handle. Um, I yeah. don't want to disparage anybody, but yes. The, the 40 blade on a handle is a specialty tool to get soft coat out of a wire terrier. It is not meant to be put on chows or Dalmatians or bulldogs or, or, poodles or, or doodles or nothing yeah. else, but a soft wire, the soft on a wire coat. That's it. That's it. There, there are alternate tools mm -hmm. that can uh, get undercoat out of mm -hmm. alternate coat types. So I think that's one of my favorite things about the tools that we use is that there are so many options to choose from nowadays. I remember when I first started, there weren't a whole lot of options. 
You know, like you were using stuff that you would use across the board, whether you have a wire coat or you have a curly coat. Mm-hmm. And you would have to adjust your technique to the tool. Yes. Now, I mean, I feel like my students are so lucky that mm-hmm. um, they have the selection. Such, yes, such an <laughs> abundance of things that it's almost like, yeah. Tr- I, I tell them constantly, if you're going to purchase something, make sure that you know what the return policy is and how long you have to return it mm-hmm. and then actually use it. And if it does not fit your way of grooming, return it. Mm-hmm. Because how many of us go, oh, I love this. It's pretty. It's shiny. It's new. And then you get it and you use it and you go eh, and it mm-hmm. goes into the drawer and it never sees the light of day again. It's like oh, the there are tools that I've tried so hard to make them work because they look so good. I'm like, yeah. oh, and my hand wouldn't wrap around it yep. or fit or it started to ache. I tried changing the way I did it, the how I approached it, how I held my elbow, the whole nine yards. I just, yep. There are some that just won't work for your hand. And that's not the fault of the tool. It's just how your hand is shaped. So you yeah. just have to. Thank goodness there is such a glut of different kinds of and different brands of instruments and tools and things like that, because we are just built just a little bit differently everywhere, aren't we? <laughs> so, yeah, I'm glad about that. I, I tell my, my students all the time, like when I look at my hands mm-hmm. and um, don't mind my hands right now, we're in a it's a whole healing mode that I'm that I'm in end of the year. So I have removed all things that I was not born with, such as gorgeous, super long lashes and ultra blonde hair and my usual claws. Mm-hmm. Um, but I look at my hands and I tell them, look, this is a lifetime of grooming. That's mm-hmm. why my fingers are crooked. And, you know, this is how this career has manifested on my body. So you have better tool choices now. You have yes. um, better instruction even mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. There's so many places to go. And another of my all-time favorite things is the fact that you can go literally on YouTube and see a hundred different ways of doing a the same technique. The yeah, same, or the same thing. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and I'm like, and you don't have to wreck your body. Mm-hmm. You can take care and you can um, have electric tables that go up and down. I remember mm-hmm. when I started, we used to cut PVC pipe to fit the bottom of the right. <laughs> I'm short. I'm not even five yeah. two, you know, it's yeah. like, I'm just over that five, five foot mark. And it's like, I have a, and we used to put the big dogs on those tables. I used to yep. groom for the Newfie Club. Yeah, and, that's crazy. Yeah, and man, you know, it's like I just said, starting to get colder here in the seventies now, <laughs> in the you know fifties at night, and I'm always like, oh, my rotator cuff in my in my my grooming arm and mm. my holding arm. Mm-hmm. So um, it mm-hmm. saves. Alma fingers, alma wrist, alma elbow, alma hair. Yep. I'm a toe. Ow, ow, ow. Yep. <laughs> you know, I think we've all, the old timers have groomed long enough to where we have um, tried all the things and yep. we are, it, it, there is a cohesive way of starting out your grooming career so that you have the longest shelf life yes. possible. Now, 
when I started, I didn't have that. I developed a ton of bad habits. People mm-hmm. yell at me all the time. You know, it is what it is. And we live through it and we, we deal with our choices, right? But nowadays, all that information is, is so available yes. to you. Uh, even the amount of classes that we have nowadays is astounding. When I first started, there was nothing. There were 98 titles in the library and all of them were those dumb little uh you know, meet your Yorkie Terrier. Yeah. That's it. There was no grooming manuals. I'm sure there were. (laughs) I just didn't find them at the time. But I mean, now you have several different. There was was two books, the Gladstone books for poodles. Right. You know, and then we also. Wallen, there was that. Right. Right. The art business of of grooming. Right. We have those kind of things. But, um, and then later they, um, you just mentioned them, the Aronco company and, mm-hmm, and um, the Coles. right. The Coles. And then they came out with a grooming guide. Um, but I mean, we live, most of us, and I teach mm-hmm. from it is notes from the grooming table. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and, and that, I teach from uh, Pam Lauritsen's uh, super wonder coats or, super right. coats or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's, there's so much material out there for you to better yourself and it doesn't mean you have to expend huge amounts of money either, mm-hmm. you know, but one of my favorite things is the fact that you <laughs> have the ability to reinvest in yourself and your career on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. So if you, when you're setting up your finances for the new year, since we're coming up to the end of the year, you should allocate a certain amount of money to put away for educational use mm-hmm. that, you know, that you have X amount of dollars that I'm going to use um, towards education. And if you are, if you're working, your, your working budget is so tight that you can't do that, then you should at least allocate a certain amount of time that you can go online and watch free videos mm-hmm. and free educational things. And a lot of the people that offer online courses, have a bunch of freebies right? that you can just, a lot of basic stuff that you could just go and look at articles to read, uh, you know, a bunch of it. There wasn't anything like that before. And now I think that's one of my favorite things that as a groomer, if I'm just starting out, there's a ton of places online that I can get low cost uh, courses or free. Right. uh, that I don't have to make the expense of going to a big expo if I'm not ready, you know, if I don't have the money for it, if I don't have the time, cause I'm still, you know, investing in my workplace to make sure that I can have a job. Yeah. You know, if you're first starting out that first salon job is, you know, it's scary to go in there and say, okay, I've got to make this work. You know, this is my deal. But for all those people uh, who are stuck in a dead end salon job, and think, well, you know, uh, this is all there is. That's not true. You see all those people on TV and at the shows and at the exhibits and the contests and the Groom Team USA and the whole nine yards. Uh, and you think, oh, they're just rolling in money and they've made it and this, that, and the other. And that may or may not be true. Every individual is, is different. different. Right. Everybody has different finances, spending habits, the whole nine yards. However, it is very lucrative. It can be lucrative. It is not lucrative if you don't learn more. You right. must improve your education. You must improve your knowledge, your techniques. Find out what's out there. There's a ton of stuff that I still haven't 
I put my eyeballs on and I read like crazy. I soak up education like crazy. And there's a ton of stuff that every time I, I see somebody's seminar for the first time, I'm just like, oh my gosh, I'm blown away. You know, there's three or four things that I never knew or I, I didn't know how to do correctly and I can incorporate them better. Um, don't stop learning. Don't ever, ever stop learning. So that's one of my very favorite things. And before we get off the subject too, for the lefties out there, there is an awesome groomer, and you might know him already. His name is Scott Wilburn Woods, and he actually now has a class that he teaches at Petro Classic uh, for left-handed people, how to fit your shears. And I, I talked to him, and he is going to be expanding that. So uh, he tells you all everything you need to know about fitting your left-handed shears, how to use them, how to move around the dog, all those different things. Uh, I've met him personally, and he is a great guy, great uh, instructor as well. So uh, he, he won't bore you to death uh, with stuff that you don't need to know. So uh, I would uh, seek him out. I think that you can actually seek him online as well. He's also a member of the Left-Handed Groomers on Facebook. So if you want to get in touch with him, that's a really good place to do it. Um, you know, build up our, our lefty, our lefty army. There you go. <laughs> well, I want beautiful cheers for you in the future. <laughs> I'm called to left arms. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Instead of the, my left foot, the movie, right. it's my right. left, it's my left sheer. <laughs> or when they say a call to arms, yes. a call to left arms. <laughs> there you go. Yes. I think it's important. Another favorite thing is to let educators that you find useful and relevant to your style, your um, what you're into in the industry itself, let them know. Mm -hmm. Let them know not only by supporting them and taking their classes, obviously, but by just dropping a note and saying something, I mean, everybody, you know, if you know me, you know that, you know, my ATF is, has always been Jonathan David. I have always been in awe of his scissoring skills. Mm -hmm. um, I have a whole blog post owed to him on my website. Uh, he is the, has, and I've met a lot of people and not to say that they aren't also gracious and wonderful to meet. But he has always been um, someone who will take the time, even at a busy show when he's in the middle of, you know, so many different things that he has to complete while there and take a moment to take a picture and say hello and to just be gracious. Yeah. I have not ever seen him in that other light. You know what I mean? Where he's rude or he's um, uh, not, I've seen him say, I don't have time right now. I'm sorry. I have to get in for class or right. something. We all get busy. Yeah. Right. Right. But I mean, overall. So, mm -hmm. I mean, I try to support him as much as I can by sharing his, his uh, videos and the, the education that he puts out there with my students. Right. Um, and um, there's a lot of different ways that you can support your favorite educators mm. um, just by passing their name along to another groomer that you could say, hey, you know, they have a YouTube channel. They have free um, they have free information as well as paid classes mm -hmm. or um, and information and whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Or even and like Mary Aquendo has a subscription. Mm hmm. 
something like that. I mean, um, help support those people because they're literally holding up our industry. They're Mm -hmm. literally trying to elevate us out of the, the, uh, dank and, uh, dirty back rooms, <laughs> dirty bra strap, <laughs> yes, you know, and get us out there of days when, you know, you weren't allowed to talk to a groomer or nobody sees the groomer and everything mm-hmm. is done behind, you know, door closed doors mm-hmm. where we're trying and to you, bring this out. Yeah. And you have to, you have to understand also that the people who give you education as well as groom are working 28 days a week. Yeah. Uh, it, it's ridiculous. And all that stuff costs so much money, marketing, yeah. materials, anything that's plastic, any, it, it's high overhead. So this is how they're making their living. You make your living by doing dogs. So if you get a no-show or you're not getting any bookings and getting one dog a day, are you paying your mortgage? Right. So Education is important to the industry and education is all you can support that education by supporting the educators. They're trying to make a living too, and um, also pay their mortgage and, you know, put their kids through school or whatever it is that they're going through as well. So the people that have chosen uh, the challenge of educating our next generation of groomers are very hardworking. It is not as easy as it looks. It's not just a matter of standing in front of a camera and saying all the things that, you know, Uh, It has to be cohesive. It has to be understandable. And it has to be understandable to a wide variety of intellects. Right. Uh, And that is a challenge, you know, and, you know, it is a, it's a worthwhile, it's a worthwhile endeavor, but uh, support your local groomers, support your local educator, support the people who are judges, support the people who are support staff, who get the dogs for us at the expos. Right. Um, All the people who are, behind the scenes and don't really have their name in the credits. Uh, You would not believe the machine that the grooming industry is becoming. Uh, And that's also my favorite thing. We're on the cusp of becoming real. Yes. My fingers are quoting. (laughs) (laughs) But we are really on the verge of becoming a real profession with respect and recognition you know, by others in other industries. So, I mean, um, the people that are working hard in the legalities, the people who have your state association, frequent them, support them with your dollars, go to their educational uh, seminars. You know, if they are also making products, support them with the products. If the products aren't any good, give them feedback. Feedback. So oh my goodness. Yes. We all want feedback so we can die by that. Mm -hmm. We, we want so, we want so badly to be able to share what we feel like is our purpose. Mm -hmm. And so when we don't get any feedback, it's very hard for us to change and grow and, um, and it's just up to us to be like, okay, well, I, this was last year and this year, I guess I'll switch this up or whatever. Mm-hmm. But when you say, Hey, I took your class. I enjoyed it, but these are the, you know, these are things I think I would change, or these are things I wish you would have discussed or topics mm-hmm. even for us on the podcast, send us topics, please. Yeah. You want us to talk about something? We will talk about anything. Right. I mean, literally anything. <laughs> Not, and I mean anything. <laughs> no, 
it's the, but that's truthfully because we mm-hmm. we want to meet you where you are. Absolutely, yeah. And I mean, even though we've both said that we are no longer full time grooming, and um, both of us still groom. I groom yes. from home. I have a home studio, and I've posted little videos here and there. They throw me a dog every once in a while on crazy mm-hmm. busy days at at uh, Twin Tails at the mm-hmm. Academy. Um, we have people out sick, whatever. They'll be like, Hey, can you take this? So, I mean, I still get to work on dogs that I've never worked on before, you know? Mm -hmm. And so that keeps me fresh as well, but I still live for that client feedback when I take that dog up there and Mm -hmm. you know, Oh, they look great. Or the indifferent one. Thanks. You know? (laughs) So I still feel like that. Mm -hmm. So, for you to give feedback, that is a gift to us. There are ways of giving uh, negative or um, constructive criticism without hurting someone or be, you know, mm-hmm. having malice. But um, yeah, a, a, a critique being doesn't mean that you just uh, insult the product or the person. Right. It means that you give feedback, critical feedback in order to improve the service or improve the product. So if Melissa had a service and I uh, availed myself of that service and she wanted feedback, I would give feedback like, okay, yeah, I love that you were, uh, it's on time. I love that I can book online. I love that uh, this, that, and the other. The only thing I didn't like was it was difficult to find the time zone. It was difficult to, you know, and you didn't mention this. And that's one of the questions that I had. So, um, if you forget to ask a question, that's kind of on you, but we could absolutely prompt you in that situation, you know, bring your list of questions so that yeah. everything is thorough, you know, things like that can help us improve our service. Uh, if it's a class, right? Yeah. If it's a class, if there's something in it that you didn't see or hear about, send a note to the instructor, you know, let them know, Hey, I was hoping that you would touch this topic. You know, is there a reason? And they might go, Oh my gosh, you know, I have a whole section. I forgot it. It was whatever, or I'm developing it. So it'll be included in the next thing. You know, that type of, of critique, uh, is different than a criticism. A criticism is something that's hurtful that doesn't improve the product or service. Uh, so if you think about it like that, yeah. you can kind of get a handle on it. One of my other favorite things are up and coming educators. Ooh. That is one of my, I work with a wonderful groomer who is just starting to get her foot out there, you know, like taking that leap out. Mm-hmm. Uh, her name's Yolanda Farland and she is um, at the modest groomer on Instagram. Uh, and I think that's what she is on TikTok too. I think that's her, her handle on there. Um, but she's an amazing, both feline and um, canine groomer and just starting to get out there and educate. And we do not have, we don't have enough groomers and we really don't have enough educators. We right. really need fresh faces, fresh ideas, you know, new concepts. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, and so I applaud all of those that are stepping forward to say, Hey, I, I really want to teach. Mm-hmm. I may not be 150 years old, like Melissa, but you know, I have something to say and mm-hmm. you do, and it's needed and it's wanted. 
Um, and it's important that you step forward. If you have that in your heart and on your soul that you really want to teach, then you really need to pursue that. I, I mm -hmm. have to say about six years ago, seven years ago, I made my goal that I was mm -hmm. going to teach more and actually physically groom less. Mm -hmm. And I'm actually doing that. Mm -hmm. um, I, I'm, I'm amending it at all times. You know oh, what yeah. I mean? <laughs> exactly what I mean. But, What's your name? My name is Edit. That's what yes. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm, I'm doing it. I created that reality for myself. Is it easy? Hell no. Holy no, cow. no. And I think of, I still think about whatever I make when I sell classes online or if I do a class or a speaking engagement or whatever, my groomer brain still thinks about it as that's just the amount of dogs I would have groomed. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, I mm -hmm. count everything in haircuts. Mm -hmm. It's true. It's true. So um, if you have that on your heart, definitely definitely start to step forward. Yeah. If you're excited to share things, yes. that you know, like, Oh my gosh, I just learned how to groom feet. Like teach somebody. Yeah. Be one, make one. Yeah. Be one, make five. Be one, make 10. That's my favorite thing is when my students that graduate and then they go out onto the floor mm -hmm. that they've been offered a position and now they're out on the floor and we have a new class and somebody in the class is struggling with something. And one of my students happens to have come back in the classroom or be right there, whatever. And they'll be like, oh, I can show them. And I'm like, yes. Yes. Or that one goes on my karma card. You know, my that favorite memes is make your team so strong that clients don't know who the owner or the manager is. Yes. That's what I'm talking about. Uh, that's what I have at the salon that I have created, um, for this new owner. Um, it, I, they amaze me every day. I am so proud of Spa La Pa. Shout out. Whoop, whoop, girls. Yes. You amaze me every day. I am so proud of that salon and all your hard work and your accomplishments. I am blown away by your professionalism. You make me look like a trash hound and I am so <laughs> happy for you guys. Uh, every time I walk in, it's just like a dream come true. You've made the, my last consult, salon consultation uh, before I left grooming a dream. Uh, you have made it a dream. I feel pampered and cared for as I'm walking out of your door. And each and every one of you have a very special place in my heart. And that's, that is something that is not usual. <laughs> So for people like you and I, that mm -hmm. we do not own our own salon. And that's yeah. a big question that I get a lot. Why do you work for someone else? Why don't you have your own? Sometimes having your own isn't necessarily the answer. Correct. Um, I think one of the my favorite things is that I know when I show up what I'm there to do, mm -hmm. what the parameters are. Um and that I'm blessed to work for someone that allows me to be all that I am. And if you mm -hmm. know me, you know I'm a lot. So <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> quite a bit. <laughs> yes. 
I am. And they, they embrace that and they allow that because I see everything as a teachable moment, whether it's, a, whether it's another groomer or it's a client. Um, and they allow me to express myself in that way. Mm-hmm. And they appreciate that about me. And so if you are somewhere and you do not feel like you are being appreciated for who you are, then that's an important thing that you need to seek out an opportunity mm-hmm. for yourself mm-hmm. that you feel value in your position. Doesn't mm-hmm. necessarily mean that you have to own the salon. I've mm-hmm. been there. I've done that. I've had my mm-hmm. own salon. Mm-hmm. Um I prefer this. This is for me the perfect blend of me being able to work with an actual class and then work with other groomers on varying levels of experience that I still am able to learn from and Mm -hmm. give to. Mm -hmm. So that works for me, but you need to find your favorite spot, Mm -hmm. your place where you feel your purpose is fulfilled. You bring up a really good point too, Melissa. Um, I have uh, a large portion of my career has been working for someone else instead of owning my own salon. I have owned before, but um, if, if your end game is to have that brick and mortar or that business or whatever, and you're going to ride that until retirement, that's great. Yeah. That's fabulous. That's a lovely career. And very lucrative, and you can have everything you ever dreamed of by doing that. However, um, I had a different mission and a different dream, which is what I'm developing right now. And if you're a if you're a salon owner, you have to own the salon. You've got to make sure everything's running. You got to be there every day. You got to do this. Got to do that. Um, I was developing uh, my education. Uh, I was developing my apothecary. I was developing all kinds. I don't have time to own a salon. Right. I don't have time for that. I needed someone who understood my needs uh, and let me work within the parameters of their salon, which I am so grateful for. I'm so grateful. Um, And that's a favorite thing. Are those business owners out there, those salon owners out there that allow those of us that our dream is not to be behind the table forever. Mm-hmm. I'm not making, that there's anything uh, wrong with that. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. It just depends on where you want to be and what you want to do. That's right. fine. If you just want to be a groomer and not ever own a salon and not ever teach or not ever do anything and just make a nice little living, that's fine too. <laughs> there's nothing wrong with that. No. Uh, for the new year, um, uh, Mary Aquendo and I are developing an idea called Pet Salon Rescue TV. And one of the reasons uh, I took on this salon that is now a very ultra high-end salon in a very ultra high-end area is um, I wanted to show what could be done when you take the mentorship of all these people and put it into a salon that is really struggling, getting ready to close its doors uh, or really wants to go into that next level. So it's been what, three or four years in the making at, at this particular salon. We've gone through two owners. We've gone through a huge remodel, a huge overhaul in protocol and a huge overhaul in clientele. Um, and management. And management. Holy cow. Um And now it's running like a well-oiled machine. Uh, And that is what we can do for a salon that doesn't know how to get there. So uh, in the new year, you'll be seeing these commercials come out for uh, salon uh, rescue. 
Uh, and that's where you we choose mentors for you, depending on your issue. And we go there and we film it. It's kind of like Tabitha Salon Takeover, but without all the hatred. Uh, it's, it's, it's more nourishment, right. nourishment. We're going to show you how to do more like queer eye. Yeah. But queer eye for the groomer people. Yeah. Like <laughs> kitchen nightmares, but you know, not so with much love. <laughs> yeah. With no anger. So yeah. we would like, uh, and there is an actual, um, pet salon rescue, uh, um, there is an actual, if you go to allthingspaw.com, there is a little uh, blurb in there, or you can just email one of us and we'll get the information to you. So it's a developing idea, but this is eventually going to be on a cable uh, television network. So uh, it's going to be really neat. Um, we've, we're getting all the foundations. We've got a few, um, we've got a few applications for mentors already in and a couple of applications for salons that need help. But uh, once we put it together, uh, you're going to see the salon that I just did. Uh, you're going to see all of the things that we went through. And um, we're going to help people um, raise their raise the roof on their uh, salons and their um, their business experience so they can make more money, be more prestigious, uh, have things flow more smoothly, uh, and have a better quality of life. You know, you spend most of your life at work. It should be a quality life. It shouldn't yeah. be just full of disgusting hair, can't afford this. That's not running smoothly. That's broken. All those things will happen. But if you manage it correctly, it will happen on a schedule and everything will be seamless as possible. So. Wow. That's one of my favorite things. Is that <laughs> you can always help one another. Absolutely. And this is the season. Yes, yes. Reason yes. for the season. Yep. So we're rounded up our hour and um phew, this has been a good episode. I really enjoyed talking about yeah, this stuff. Me too. Uh, I, this I think that we don't talk about these things. I think these things get left to the side because everybody is wanting that perfect Bashan head, myself included. Or, so, <laughs> or the perfect product, the perfect right, the perfect foot. How do you do right. that pompon? How do you on and on? <laughs> I, I, I will say this and I tell my children this all the time. There is no such thing as perfect. There are moments in time of small little glints of God only gives us glimpses of yep. the state of grace. Yep. Because we can't live with perfection because we're still human. Because yep. <laughs> this is not perfected yet. No, so. Not not so take at all. it when you have it and appreciate it and and see it as the blessing that it is and know that it's not going to last forever. So so just figure I this is what I did to get here. So now this is what I need to do to get here because it's a constant plan. Right. So and that's one of my favorite things is the ability for us to help each other see perfection where sometimes all we can see is chaos mm -hmm. and my best most favorite favorite thing as we send out um that would be dogs mm -hmm. uh, i love dogs i love dogs a lot people who know me uh know how much i love dogs it, it is an obsession and a love for forever i've loved them for thousands of years and i will love them for thousands more and yes i'm quoting that song <laughs> i love them so much <laughs> But anywho, Melissa. Yes. Until next time, Absolutely. may your next sip be just as delicious as your last. Yes. 
and have a merry merry yep and i'll even play there that is my last time for more and then guess what get back to work melissa yes i know <laughs> back to the grindstone <laughs> I love you so much, and we'll talk to you. Thank you.